So I have a, a client that says, and he says it every time he comes in, he said, it is cheaper to pay you to do it right the first time than to pay you to fix it later. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is a very true statement. <laughs> that is yeah. a very true statement. We could have I that. I think about that every time I replace parts of my car and then I have to bring it to somebody else to look at <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Generally Accepted Accounting Podcast. That's GAP for all you accounting nerds. It's a podcast produced by Casey Peterson, LTD. We're a firm of CPAs and financial advisors based in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we'll be talking about tax, finance, accounting, audit, and a bunch of other topics that sound really boring, but that we're going to make hip and cool. Or we'll try anyway. So stick around to learn more. So you want to start your own business. Good for you, you bright-eyed entrepreneur. Also, this podcast is for you. We're talking regulations, registrations, R&D tax credits, we've run out of R words, sales tax, payroll tax, uh, bail, more on that later, and a whole lot of other stuff to help you start a successful business. Listen in to learn more. Today we're here with Jenny Seidmitz. She's a CPA and client manager. She's been with our firm since 2018, worked in various types of accounting since 2009, and Jenny started her career in 2009 doing business and personal taxes, as well as payroll and 401k audits. Jenny's married with two kids, and in her free time, they head out to the Black Hills and cruise around on their dirt bikes. She and her husband also like to ride their Harleys whenever they can. Uh, it's winter now, maybe not an ideal time, but you know, no, you never know. Generally, it's <laughs> the best uh, season for dirt bike. In spring and fall, because then it's not as hot out. Because when you put all your gear on and it's a hundred degrees, it's fine when you're moving, but when you stop, it's not good. Especially when you're helping small children on their dirt bikes, oh, it's yeah. a little bit too hot. I can so, see that. I can see that. Yeah. So spring and fall tend to be better. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Well, thanks for being here, Jenny. Yeah. So today we're talking about starting your own business uh, because a lot of people think that they have good ideas, which is tons of hobbies they think should be businesses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's actually a lot that goes into it. So let's start out with just like regulation. So you want to start a business and you're thinking about an idea, but what kind of like laws and rules do business owners, do they need to know about? Well, the main thing would be which entity type they should be. Uh, there's lots of different options, but it depends on the specifics of your business. Are you going to have payroll? How many employees are you going to have? Those kind of things. So that's really the, the place that they need to start. And that's generally a conversation with their CPA or with a lawyer as to which one they should choose for their best types. Because sometimes you could do, you could choose to be an S-corp, let's say, and you're required to do payroll. But if it's just you, there's no employees, do you really need to do payroll? So then you might be creating more work for yourself than you need to. Okay. So there might be other ways to structure that instead. What's the difference between an S-corp and like any other business classification? Uh, well, an S-corp is... A corporation, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's the single member LLC, which would be just a, a schedule on your personal tax return. Then you'd step up to a partnership if there's more than one person. It can be a husband and a wife. Okay. Um, and then an S corp would be another business entity. It can be only one person, but it's a separate business entity. So it's a whole separate tax return. Okay. And an owner for that would be required to have their own compensation. So basically whatever they would pay someone else else to do their job, they're required to pay themselves. So, so they have to pay themselves like a salary. Yeah, you have to do a paycheck. Okay. So if you're the one and only person working there to do all the things required for payroll for one person might be an expense that you don't need to have. So that's kind of where that, that conversation comes in. Okay. 
And we'll link to all the different kinds of C-Corp, S-Corp, partnership, all that stuff in the show notes too. So where are all the different places that you need to get your business registered? There's a lot, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The first place that once you've chosen your entity type, the thing that I always tell everybody to start with first is the Secretary of State website. For South Dakota, that's sdsos.gov. And the reason you want to do that is because you want to see if the name you want is available. Oh, yeah. So you check. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Kind of important. Yeah. So you go check and you type in the name that you want your business to be. But the most important thing is punctuation matters. So if it's Joe Smith, comma, LLC, period, it has to be that way on everything. So you want to make sure that it's available at the Secretary of State. You get registered with your entity type. You pay your fee. And then when that is done, now we know we have this name and it's the name that I want. Then we go get our EIN. The punctuation, like I say, you have to have the same punctuation when you register for your EIN that you did when you registered for your business name. They need to match up. So if you had that period in that comma or you don't have the period in the comma, they have to match with your EIN. So that's kind of important. And an EIN is... Well, your identification number? It's an identification Fish number. number. <laughs> yeah. There's employee. For employers and or employees. Right. <laughs> now, <laughs> the caveat with EIN is you are not required to have one unless you do payroll. Oh, okay. But okay. so if you do payroll, you absolutely have to have an EIN. Right. Because you're not going to put your social security number right. on your employee's W-2. <laughs> no, probably not. Although I did see that once. <laughs> that was uh, fun. I don't know how that happened. But um, so you don't have to have one, but it's a good idea to have one. It's a good separation of business and personal to even if it's a single member LLC that shows up on your personal tax return. That way your name and your EIN number are for your business and your social security number is for your personal. It helps keep things separate. And so like if like if someone wanted to expand and they did suddenly have employees, maybe Maybe it's just not a bad idea to have an EIN right away because yep. you might need one down the road. Just get it out of the way. You have it if you need it. Absolutely. And you you can get one later as well, but it's it's easier if you have it. And banks, you know, if you're opening a business checking account, they'll want that as well. So you're doing all the setup stuff. You might as well just take that extra yeah. step just to future knock it all out in case you need it. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly it. And then once you have those two, then it all depends on what kind of business you have. So you might have to register for sales tax or use tax, potentially excise tax. If you have payroll, you'd have to register for all the different payroll taxes. So it kind of depends where you go from there. Type of business and what you're planning to do. And then, yep, exactly. I was actually going to ask about that because I mean, once you're kind of, you know, you've got your name, you've got everything registered, you're good to go. You start selling stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are sales tax requirements and all kinds of factors that come into into play there. So, what are what are kind of some of the different kinds of sales tax requirements? Well, one thing for sales tax to start out with is if you are going to sell things in the future, don't register for it until you're getting ready to sell. Because once you register, you have to start filing. So, we don't want to have to file zero returns forever. If you you know maybe <laughs> yes. your maybe your production got slowed down and you're not ready to sell as soon as you thought you were. Sure. So you don't want to be filing those returns if you don't need to. Right. Showing so. zero dollars, but still making <laughs> Yeah, sure I still you're... have to do it or they're going to come after me and, and yeah. send me a nasty gram. Exactly. Yeah. We don't right. want to do that. No. There's not really different types of sales tax. Okay. There's a sales tax and a use tax. And a sales tax is basically something you sold and a use tax is something you keep. The example I always use for that to try and explain it because it kind of doesn't make sense. So if you have a food truck, you go to Sam's Club and you have your sales tax exemption because you are buying things 
to resell. Right, for your business. So you, you, Sam's Club, you buy all your food products for your food truck, but then you buy a couple of like chafing dishes that you need to keep things warm on your food truck. Sure. But you also did not pay sales tax on those because you bought it all in oh, one big right. thing. Yeah. Well, I'm keeping those chafing dishes for my own right. personal use. You're not use. reselling those to your customers. Exactly. So since I pulled those out of my inventory, so to speak, I have to pay use tax on those because I didn't pay sales tax. On okay. Them. So that yep. that's that kind sense. of how I explain that. Is it the same amount? Like this use tax is what you would pay if you were paying sales In tax. South Dakota, yes, they're the same. It's four and a half percent. So they just want their, their tax some way or another. Every state has those. You'd have to look in each state to see what the rates are, obviously. But okay. in South Dakota, they're the same. Gotcha. There's also, now that I say that out loud, there's two different levels. So there's the state sales tax and then there's the city sales tax. So oh, state okay. sales tax is four and a half percent. And then within the city that you're in, then each one has their own too. So for here, it's for Rapid City, it's two more percent on top. Okay. okay. So it's going to depend, it's going to be highly dependent on where you're at, what the different rates are. Yep, exactly. By state, by city, all of that sort of stuff. So in the hospitality industry, there's oh, right. for certain things uh, like hotels or if you're selling alcohol, things like that, there's an additional 1% tax on top okay. of that. So there could be up to 7.5% depending on the item. Food, like restaurants, sales tax is 7.5%. Yeah. Okay. Because that's a, okay. Yep. So, so say you've got a food truck and you drive all around the Black Hills, mm -hmm. you know, you sell stuff in Spearfish, you sell stuff in Rapid City, Custer, kind of all over the place. Yep. Um, the amount of sales tax that you charge, I'm guessing, is based on where you are selling those goods, not necessarily where you're registered. Is yes, that that's, a, that's exactly correct. Okay. So sales tax is based on where the goods changed hands. Okay. So if I live in Rapid City and I send my widget to Texas the client received it in Texas. I'm paying sales tax in Texas. Okay. With your food truck, like you said, if I drive to Spearfish, then I need to have on my point of sale system set up for Spearfish tax. And mm. then I need to have one set up if I go to Hill City and then in Rapid City. So yeah. mobile, things like that, they sure. get a little more complicated because it definitely is wherever. And then you have to be able to separate, well, this was my Hill City sales. This was my Spearfish sales. This was, So you it. need a system with even within your point of sale that... Basically that segments everything and says this is where yeah. everything is at so you know that you're exactly that. yep that's exactly right probably a good plug for having a point of sale system that works yeah, yeah. and, and, and there's doing a, things by hand or whatever exactly you, there's tons of them out there right. i mean they all do it but you the setup at the front end is really important to make sure that that is is correct for you but then if you like you go to a store Obviously, that's where the goods changed hands. You pay sales tax there. Mm -hmm. Like home health care, they come to your house. If they live in Rapid City, but the, the house they're going to visit is in Hill City, mm -hmm. then it's Hill City sales tax because that's where the service happened. Okay. So wherever it happened, that's, so that's where you That's usually what tax. you're paying the tax on is wherever you're physically located at the time of goods or services being exchanged. exchanged. Correct. Okay. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, I did not know A whole that. other complex level of things that you don't think about when you look at a food truck. Yeah, right. <laughs> or any business, really, like just well, thinking I mean, like about, yeah. Tech contractors, you know, people going around and fixing stuff or, or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that's a whole subsegment of industries that, that applies to. So. Right. And then digital assets, too. Those ones are a little, because the good doesn't actually change hands. Right. With a digital asset, it's wherever the product is first available by the seller. So given it, like, what's an example of a digital product? Like, uh, well, there's a lot of things. So for 
for people who have their new businesses and then someone on Etsy designs their logos and stuff and sends it to them. And it's it's almost always just an email that comes through with all your your logos and your business cards and and all that stuff. So wherever that first became available. So that would really be the seller's location. Okay. So, because that's where they made it and that's where it's created. Sure. So if Evan, if you design a logo here, but you send it to someone in Texas, it's where you created Mm -hmm. it rather than... Did the yeah. Work. yeah. So it's almost a little bit backwards than a tangible product. Sure. Okay. Because it is a product when you're done with it here. Right. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, that makes my It's on a it was first created on a hard drive in Rapid City. <laughs> right. So <laughs> exactly. It's therefore available. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of makes sense if you think about it. Right. So what all can businesses expect to pay sales tax on? And then on the other side of that, what are they not gonna pay sales tax on? Like I said, basically anything you sell. So gross receipts from any of your retail sales, lease or rental properties or rental or lease of equipment, anything like that. If the product is transferred electronically, like we talked about, any services performed, you know, your massage, when you get your facial, when when home health care, any of those kind of services, those also are sales tax. There's a few exceptions to sales tax. One of the main ones being like government contracts. If you're working on anything for the government, those are sales tax exempt. And then... People can apply for a sales tax exemption without going into too much detail. But if your buyer has a sales tax exemption form that they apply for through the state, then you wouldn't charge them. So like for if you say you do work for a nonprofit or something like that, a lot of them are sales tax exempt and they, if so if they buy your good or service, they don't have to pay. Right. And those would be ones where they have to apply for that sales tax exemption. Now government entities like the city or the state governments, things like that, if you were doing any work for them, those are automatically exempt. Oh, so you wouldn't have to get that exemption form for that. Okay. Okay. Let's say you're a business and you do have employees. So that means you've got payroll. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the payroll tax requirements? The first thing would be getting that EIN. Of course, if you don't already have one, you have to start there. The next thing with your state would be registering for unemployment, which is now called reemployment insurance. I don't don't know why they changed that, but it's different now. It sounds a lot fancier. I I think that that's... A little rebranding. A little rebranding. Exactly. Yep, a little spit and polish on that one. Right. And then the next one would be uh, workman's comp, which in South Dakota is not required. Other states it is required, but it's highly recommended to have that anyway. Sure. If you want to apply, apply for those, that would be at the South Dakota Department of Labor okay. website. That's where you'd go for those. Okay. Next, you want to sign up for the EFTPS, which is where, don't ask me what the acronym stands <laughs> oh, for. Oh, All right, we'll put in the show notes. <laughs> uh, that's where you make your payroll tax deposits. Oh, okay. And you do, that one is still snail mail, so you can apply for it online, but then they send you a PIN number in the mail, which takes seven to 10 days. So you want to make sure that- Take your mail. <laughs> yeah. But you want to make sure that you register for your EFTPS in time, far enough in advance of oh, your yeah. first payroll that you have that set up. Because once your payroll happens and that payroll tax is due, you only have a certain time frame to get those remitted. So you want to make sure EFTPS, it is not like sales tax. You can apply for that way in advance uh, and it won't, you don't have to apply or you don't have to do um, returns that you, you don't have to do zero returns. Okay. So you don't have to file anything about it just because you have it. Correct. (laughs) Exactly. But you have to, all of the tax remittances have to be done through EFTPS. You have to have that. 
Okay. So uh, I guess what's a general, I mean, I know it's going to vary, but what's a general time frame that you would recommend somebody signing up for their EFTPS ahead of actually having people on payroll? I would say as soon as you know you're going to do payroll, okay. sign up for it just to have it ready. And I mean, even if you don't know you're going to do payroll, you can have one. You could, as soon as you get your EIN, you can create your EFTPS. Okay. They can help you with lots of other things too. You can look back and see when your old returns were filed, other things like that as well. So just good to have. Th- yeah. It's not a bad thing to have, even if you're not doing payroll, but as soon as you know, you're doing payroll, go register for that. We actually had a previous podcast where we talked about R&D tax credits. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you run into or, or that you would recommend keeping in mind when starting a business? Definitely. So the R&D credit tends to scare people because there's lots of rules involved. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is more people qualify for it than think they do. Mm-hmm. So... R&D credit is if you're developing new or improved components, it doesn't have to be brand new. It doesn't have to be this new invention that's never existed before. You could be improving something. So the best thing to do is if you think you might qualify, go find someone who knows, you know, contract um, an expert and ask them because you very well might. Mm -hmm. One thing that's important too, though, is it's available both federally and state. So you could almost double qualify if your state offers those kind of credits. So you could get the federal credit and you could get a state credit for the same exact thing. In this area with the School of Mines, we have the the incubator and a lot of new businesses. So that would be where a lot of that would, would come up. Sure. You know, there's lots of the students at School of Mines are coming up with crazy, crazy amazing new things with nanotechnology and all kinds of stuff. So anything like that, there was one that I, I didn't do the credit, but they had a technology that was nanotech that cleaned water. So it's basically like you could take it hiking and it'll, it'll oh, clean sure. your water. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So instead yeah. of like the little tablet things right. or it's whatever. Like those, those straws or whatever that. Right. That exactly. And I don't know anything more about it than yeah. that's what they were doing, but those things already exist. But if you improve but, on them, you're still. Or yeah, you could be doing it slightly different than they are. You're trying to find a, a new way, maybe a new delivery method or something like that. Yeah, so sure. even though that exists, you could still get a credit for Just doing something that. different. Yeah. Hey, yeah. The government's going improve, gonna to pay you to improve things. Let the government pay you to improve right, things. Right, exactly. Yeah. The yeah. worst they can say is no. Is no. Yeah. They'll be probably happy you asked. It's probably their favorite word, but, <laughs> but you know, they do. Well, yes. <laughs> Every once in a while, they get they do. Pony up. They do, yeah. <laughs> If you could, if you could give like just a a first top tip for anybody that is thinking about starting their own business, I mean, outside of kind of the logistics that we've talked about, what would that tip be? Well, the main thing you should do right away is what we call your bail team. So it's your banker, your insurance agent, your accountant, and your lawyer. You need to have the right people behind you to help you make educated choices. Right. You may think that you should be a single member LLC, like we talked about before, but once you meet with your accountant or meet with a lawyer, they said, no, it would make way more sense for you to be an S corp or something like that. So you might go into it with a predisposition and there's Mm -hmm. something in that you're not even thinking about Yeah, that you don't even know about. Maybe there's credits for things that you do if you're a different kind of entity that you don't even know about. So getting that bail team on your side right away can help you make informed decisions about what you want to do. Right. That can save you headaches, legal issues, money in the long run. If right. you just have people that are the experts doing what they're supposed to do behind you. <laughs> right. Exactly. And 
most of those people all work together. Your accountant and your lawyer talk to each other. They, they're they there to help you. Your banker gets involved. Well, maybe your banker needs your tax return. Well, you already they know your accountant because you've already developed your team. So your accountant can get your permission and send that over. Your ins- insurance agent, I'm looking at your tax return. I was like, I don't know, you might not have enough insurance. So we call your insurance agent and we talk about those kind of things. Having that whole team work together only benefits you. Absolutely, yeah. And then it frees you up too to have them yeah. do those things so yeah. you don't have to do, you can focus on running your business. They can do all the logistics behind this. Right, exactly. You do what you do and let them do what they do and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. You bring the ideas and then they'll kind of help you structure everything to... Right what will most benefit you. Exactly. Yep, yeah, that's exactly it. Well, that's a really good tip. <laughs> that is a really good tip. I never heard that. People tend to do that backwards. Yeah, like, like they, oh, I yeah. need one now. I'm going to start this business and then they bring in all the like, people. Oh, no, I need an attorney. <laughs> yeah. So I started this a year ago and now... I have legal questions. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not you should talk to somebody about the money aspect of this whole business thing. <laughs> I wonder if I have to pay taxes on, on this money that I make. Yeah. I probably yeah. do. Yes. Yeah. I could see how that could lead to a few headaches that might distract you from running your business. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. That's, really that, that's one of my, I'm like, you let me do what I do so you can do what you do. And then you don't have to worry yeah, about it anymore. Yes. And then, I will tell you when you need to worry about it. <laughs> I'm sure the idea is like, oh, I can't afford that. But when you think about what that can cost you long term, you can't really afford not to do that because you yeah. just don't know what you do not know. So I have a, a client that says, and he says it every time he comes in, he said, it is cheaper to pay you to do it right the first time than to pay you to fix it later. Yeah. yeah. And that, that is everything. a very true statement. <laughs> that is yeah. a very true statement. We could have I that. I think about that every time I replace parts on my car and then I have to bring it to somebody else to look at <laughs> that, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That didn't save me anything. Right, <laughs> exactly. It takes me a half an hour to get your payroll set up correctly, or it could take me a week to fix it if it's messed up later. Yeah, yeah. and the bill's going to be a lot bigger on that back end. Right, it? exactly. Yeah. So get it get it right from the beginning. <laughs> when you first start, like, talking with a client, like, what's your, what's your favorite thing to see, like, that they've already kind of thought of ahead of time or prepared ahead of time when they come to you? My... It, it's probably not the same for everyone, but my sure. favorite thing is the fact that they kept their business and personal bank accounts separate. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. You would be surprised how frequently that does not happen. Yeah. Sure. And that makes things so much more difficult when it comes to the tax return because we're trying to split them out. Yeah. So you need, even if you, I don't care if you run two transactions through it a year, have your business bank account and your personal bank account. They need yeah. to be separate. <laughs> makes yeah. everything a lot easier. It yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. And just from a, just from a purely logistic standpoint of... Knowing what's coming in and what's going out and all that sort of stuff. Plus, if you're then doing your Amazon purchases and your utility bills all out from the same like that, mm-hmm. that yeah. sounds like, a, I don't know anything about anything, but that sounds like a bad well, idea. Well, then when they say, well, how do I pay myself? I'm like, well, then you just, what if I need to put money into the business? You just transfer, transfer. it back and forth because then I can code the oh, transactions yeah. instead of, you yeah. know. Then you know, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's uh, especially in the world of online banking. Right. It takes 30 seconds to transfer it or whatever. Right. Probably not even that. It probably takes five seconds yeah. to transfer. So yeah, exactly. Just keep things clean and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I'm particularly passionate about is software, mm-hmm. obviously. Sure. Uh, there's a million different things out there to help people with their new businesses these days. You know, QuickBooks tends to be the one that everybody goes to first just because it's the most known name. Yep. It is not the only one out there. If you meet with your your accountant, sometimes you can get a discount on QuickBooks, signing up for QuickBooks through your CPA, which is something that we do. Yeah, because a lot of accountants have expertise in that, so right. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. well, and we're, we're pro-advisors here at the firm, so 
we have options. Uh, but your point of sale systems, I mean, there's apps that'll track your mileage on your phone, which is another one why QuickBooks tends to be more mainstream because they have more apps that link into them. So you can sure. track your mileage on the one app and it'll link right into your QuickBooks file. Which is handy. Yeah. That's, yeah. Nice. that's a nice interface to have. Yeah. Or your, your square for your point of sale or any of those kind of things, they all link in and lots of other softwares do that as well but that's just kind of the most known one. Sure. But finding the software that is correct for your business and making it work for you, it's another one of those things like the bail team, let it do what it does so you can do what you do, then you don't have to spend yeah. time worrying about other things. Right. Because we do, I mean, this is like, if you're gonna over start your own business, this is a great time to do it because of all the technology yeah. that exists that can make it easier for you because you have access to all these different resources. So yep, well, you yeah. don't have to. Exactly. And if you talk to, professionals you don't need to also become an expert in four other different fields right. if you've got a team that's already yes. been doing that for decades they'll exactly. already know the tools that are do probably your, yes. available do yeah. your business focus on what you're good at you know, exactly and i always say i especially with quickbooks trainings or any of those other softwares i try and work myself out of a job right. i want you to be able to do what you want to do some people say i don't want to ever think about it i want you to do it all that's perfect other yeah. people are like no train me i'm going to do it all myself so i know what's going on that's great but those softwares allow you to do that it doesn't have to be an accountant that does it for you you're perfectly capable of doing it too And now the legal stuff. This podcast and associated communications are intended to provide general information about tax, finance, investment, and other financial matters. Although Casey Peterson LTD has made every reasonable effort to ensure that the information provided is accurate, we make no warranties, expressed, or implied. Be aware that this is not a comprehensive analysis of the subject matter covered. It is not intended to provide specific recommendations to you or your business. Investment advisory services are offered through Vantix Planning Partners. Commission-based securities products are offered through Vantix Investment Services. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Insurance services are offered through licensed agents of Avantex Planning Partners, 3200 Olympus Boulevard, Suite 100, Dallas, Texas, 75019. The Avantex entities are independent of and unrelated to CPS Financial Services, LLP. Although Avantex does not provide or supervise tax or accounting services, our financial professionals may offer these services through their independent outside business. Not all financial professionals are licensed to offer all products or services. Financial planning and investment advisory services require separate licenses. <clears throat> and now for the joke. Oh, Katie Hillary. Hey, Evan. Why did the electrician close business just once a week? I don't know, Evan. Why? His business was light. Ha <laughs> ha!